Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Hey, Champagne Sharks, how's it going? How's everyone doing? Uh, this is T. I'm here with Kenny. Say what's what up to the people, up? Kenny. What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, happy holidays, everybody. I was talking to Kenny before we started recording. I was saying how um, I had stopped. I quit Twitter and I was um, feeling good that I gave up that addiction. Then the next thing I did, I didn't quit Instagram, but I deleted the app because the... Um, desktop or the browser version is so miserable to use that becomes an instant check on my behavior so now i go like days or weeks without checking instagram anymore and i was feeling really good about uh all this stuff i was quitting i'm like yo i don't um i don't do twitter anymore i don't do uh instagram i don't fuck with anything uh social media related but then uh i was on kenny i realized like damn i spend all my time now in um uh, youtube <laughs> like and it's just as toxic because if you get sucked into the drama corner of youtube uh and that ties into this episode because this is straight up youtube <laughs> drama that we're talking about today but uh it's actually more time wasting if you're not careful because yeah. twitter is just tweets and yeah. small characters and sometimes there's a, a thread of insults but uh even though it's hard to follow and you can kind of waste a day following drama and twitter um for the most part if you don't hop into it the first day you're hopelessly lost and everybody's moved on to something new the second day anyway so it doesn't matter you just wait out but youtube drama because it takes time to make videos and they respond and do your response youtube drama you could be on a beat for like weeks well because <laughs> videos are so long yeah you know and, a youtube video on in, in the drama corner of youtube would be a four-hour stream oh yeah you know they have like four hours and then they'll have a bunch of you know what it's like? It's like uh, it's like Tupac. I hit him up. He's like, "Yeah, I'm tired of y'all. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let my boys ride on you." You know, like that. Like, don't do that. Someone be dissing you, and then you just invite four people to the chat so they can mm -hmm. all like clown on you too. He's like, "Who the fuck are these four people?" Like, I was watching uh, a lot of people who do that. Like, they just start talking, and they start just start inviting people to the chat at random. Yeah, and that person yeah. will start stomping down on the same person too yeah youtube is one of those places where it's almost turned into a visual uh clubhouse yeah that's a good way that's a good way to put it that's an exact good way to put it it's visual club. i think clubhouse actually caused a lot of the shittiness man mm -hmm. like it's i know seen something last so short but have such a powerful impact because the whole um gender war black youtube phenomenon started off a clubhouse from that what i understand clubhouse, yeah yeah, yeah. A, a, on clubhouse there were like those four six eight hour ten hour rooms where 
people will be arguing, doing gender war stuff and how much to spend on a date and submission and yeah. tradition, you know, you want a traditional woman, but are you a traditional man or you want a, a protector, but do you cook and all this stuff? And that was the blueprint. Do you want a protector? Do you cook? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like all this dumb I'm stuff. I'm laughing because that's what this, it's really, that, those are the conversations these people be having. <laughs> the same ones over and over. Like, yeah, you say you want a traditional man, but uh, you are you cook? willing to do what traditional women do? Do you have your great grandmother's recipe book? <laughs> like, no, my, I never met my great grandmother. Oh, you, oh, you can't cook. Look, wait, you wait, make wait. Cornbread? You make cornbread from the box <laughs> right. or from scratch? Right. Are you making jiffy or are you making cornbread from scratch? Like, damn, from bro. Corns. Not even like, like you can yeah, grind them up. shucking corn. <laughs> <laughs> Just all this crazy shit. And it, and it goes in reverse, too. The woman will be like, you want a traditional woman, but are you providing? Like, I want a man that's going to. Six figures. Yeah, six figures and keep me at home. But, you know, you yeah. want you want submission, then you better, like, take me out the workforce. And then the guys will be like, 50-50. The 50-50 thing is so stupid. Oh. Like, because <laughs> they're talking about traditional women, this and that, but they're talking about 50-50. It's like, wait, you gotta, you can't have it both ways. You can't. Yeah. Because 50-50 is, like, some theoretically feminist shit. Like, you know. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, when it comes to my pockets, it's 50-50, but uh, I want you to, uh, to, to be churning butter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you want like a traditional dinner, five course meal every day. Yeah. But, but you guys are splitting bills. So you're like, well, where's the other 50 percent of money coming from? Because she's got to like milk cows, kill chickens, pluck them. You know what I mean? Like, how is this supposed to work? But, you know, a lot of a lot of these people and it's I hate to say it. Yeah. It's a lot of a certain generation where I don't think they have enough experiences to even have these conversations. But also they don't know how to shut the hell up. So they're going to keep talking. It's like, yeah. you this guy go, go live your life and then come back and have these conversations. You haven't lived enough to have no, these conversations because totally. all of you are 28, between 28 and 35. You haven't been around long enough. Hold on. Let me see if I found the clip. because I feel like it's funnier if you hear the clip. Hold on. Of, of, of the Tupac. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck, go get your cap here. You know, see, grab your blocks when you see. Oh, get your pads. To pump sneak finish. Now you're about to feel the wrath of a minute. Nigga, I hear the work. Check this out. You motherfuckers know what time it is. I don't even know why I'm on this track. Y'all niggas ain't even on my level. I'm going to let my little homies ride on you. Bitch made ass. Yeah, and then that's when all the uh, people come <laughs> the into the chat. That's all the randos Y'all bitch ass niggas, they not even my level. We just start. What am I wasting my voice? I'm wasting my breath. You know what? Y'all get him. <laughs> you know what's funny about that line? He's low-key dissing his boys. He is. Because there's he's saying that they ain't on his level either. Yeah. Basically saying, you know, she guys is so whack. My friends, you know, like if I was them, I'd be like, wait a minute. Like, you know, like uh there's a clip song and a push a T raps about raps. Uh it's called uh I get it for cheap. And it's a good yeah. song. But then uh, Pusha T ends his verse with, they pray and I never go solo. It's like, wait, you just fucking dissed your brother. Like, I know. <laughs> dude, are you saying your brother's holding you back? I always wonder if that's what they broke up after that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thought no, about right? it was, yeah. The praying like, I never go solo. Over, like, wait a minute, man. Wait, you think I didn't just hear what you said? Yeah. They, they praying that's I never crazy. go solo. It's like, it's probably like, wait, what the was that supposed to be? <laughs> 
My chopped liver? Yeah, yeah, that was fine. It's kind of funny because I really can never tell those two apart very well anyway. So it wasn't like there was like where one of them was so much better than the other. I was like, I told my friend the other day, I was like, bro, I never really got into their music. I never got into the clips. I never did. I mean, I think part of it was because I couldn't stand Pharrell. So you remember back in the day, they had Grind and the video was number one on on MTV and BET for weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks. He's in the video. I just got burned out from it. I just never looked for their music. Pharrell, I think, is a great producer, but uh, he fell into that Puff Daddy syndrome where he just started thinking he had to be in everything and make himself the brand. And he thought everything was going to be a hit. Everything he touched was going to be a hit. And it was yeah. like, no, brother, not really. He started doing that Curtis Mayfield singing all over the place. And, oh, yeah. And rapping. I was like, okay, okay, dude, stop. Stop. Like, it's not for everybody. You don't You don't have to rap. It's okay. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. is like, bro, you, you were doing just fine. Like, what's the Asian dude's name? Chad? Yeah, Chad Hugo. Hugo. You don't see Chad anywhere. But also, Chad's not as famous as him. So, I mean, to a degree, it did work. Like, he made himself the name the face. But who knows really what he was doing and what the rest of them were. Because I swear, since he left them, like, his movie's never been quite the same. Like, I think those guys are doing more than people realize. I think, think, yeah, I don't don't think Chad got as much um, credit for the music as he did towards Pharrell. You know, you can tell when someone is more interested in fame than they are in the craft. And, you know, Pharrell's one of those fame dudes, like Kanye, uh, Puff Daddy. Yeah, they're more into fame than they are, you know, the actual art and craft of it. Because most artists, when the album comes out, you don't see them unless they're performing live. You don't see them everywhere in everybody's video on every song because they're working on something else. Like, they move on. That's why I'm not really mad at Andre 3000. I'm like, okay, you know, he's spoken like a true artist. He doesn't have anything to say. Why show up? No, totally. Why give you? Why give a bunch of endless empty music that ain't gonna age well when it's not in his? It's not he don't have the passion for it. Andre two thousand has the worst stands though. Like <laughs> he, he's somebody who's somehow simultaneously underrated and overrated at, at once. the same time. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he's underrated for his actual really good rap stuff. Yeah, yeah, but he's overrated for his non rap stuff. Like like a lot of his fans. Uh, I think a bulk of like. Um, his fans, like these kind of uh, fake Fairweather fans who like, to them, his career started with um, either um, The Love Below or the one that came out right below uh, Love Below. Was that was that a Quimini? Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you ask them like, yo, what's your favorite Andre verse? And their favorite one will be like uh, something from like uh, a really popular song like uh, Player's Anthem with, with UGK. There's that right. one. Or something from Love Below. Or it's like, you yeah. know... They um, don't remember Southern Playalistic. They don't remember yeah. stuff like that. But you got to remember, like, Outkast came out in, what, 93? And, uh, you know... The, the, yeah, the, it came out a while ago. Actually, Stankonia was the one right well, Stankonia before. was after that, yeah. But, but you know, Stankonia was right, was right before... Uh, Love Below? Yeah, that was but the, the one issue right with the, uh, the issue with Andre 3000 fans is the same thing as... the Because there's a crossbreed of fans. There's Andre 3000 fans... There's Pharrell fans, and then there's Kanye fans. Yeah. And they all intersect. No, because it's true. if you think about it, Love Below comes out in, what, 2000, 2001. Kanye finally starts branching away from Rockefeller doing his thing. Pharrell is just starting to really blow up. And that generation of people, I mean, but it's no different than people that grew up in with the generation of Wu-Tang, Nas, Biggie Smalls. And you have people that believe that no matter what Nas does, it's never bad. 
Oh yeah, for you know sure. what I'm saying. It's the, yeah. and, and they're still stuck there because at that time when Nas put out Illmatic, they were probably 17 years old. Yeah, and I'm from Queens, so like I know a lot of people who like live, breathe, and eat Nas. You can't say yeah. anything. <laughs> you can't say anything. You'll tell them like, "Yo, Nas can't pick beats." Are you crazy? Yeah, His beats have always been good. It's like, no, yep. stop. You can't be serious. Or they just lie to you. No, you mean you listen to the wrong stuff. So you're supposed to be listening to the words. <laughs> no, it's called music for a reason, bro. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, like, stop it. You know, or they're like, yeah, listen to the lost tapes. You know, that's what matters. Like, <laughs> like, like come on. Like, he's, he's, he his albums don't count. <laughs> like, like right, exactly. Yeah, it's like, uh, so basically the stuff that, that he didn't mean to release is the stuff that's supposed to be listened to. So that just makes him look worse. Like, like your throwaway shouldn't be better than your, uh, the, Man, that, yeah. that adds to the idea that he can't pick his own best music. Yeah, that that when I I remember when Lost Tapes came out, and then I found out years later that those were the songs that were supposed to be on I Am, and it was written. I'm like, the fuck was he thinking? Yeah, I, it was supposed to be on Nostradamus the, and stuff. I'm like, yeah. what was he oh, thinking? God. I used to blame the Taskmaster. I used to blame the Trackmasters and stuff, but he still kept oh, picking be- red beats even after. You know, it's crazy. Um, even his hit boy stuff, yeah. it's way better. Oh, it's way better. Stuff. Yeah, but yeah. I've come to realize even that's not that great. I was just so much used to worse Nas that just yeah. Nas on good beats became. I was overweighing it. Like, oh my god, this is like super great. But I realized I wasn't really li- re-listening to the Hit Boy albums the way I do albums I really like. Like yeah. I would like it and I'd listen to it. I'm like, oh, this is a solid beat, a yeah. solid rhyme. And then I just wouldn't listen to the album again. That's when I realized. Oh, wait a minute. I think this might just be a little bit above mid. And I just got overhyped because I just, I'm not used to whole Nas Well, you're albums. not used to, because you go into Nas albums like apprehensive, like, I don't know, yeah. man, I don't know. <laughs> you and then when you hear you had one good song and you're like, okay, that's good. But you don't listen to the whole thing. You go to the next one, okay, that's pretty good. But then you kind of don't go back to the album because you're so used to his shit being mid, unfortunately. Yeah, and he always has a ill-advised song, like a What Were You yeah. Thinking song. Like, like my favorite example, I've, I've said this to you before, the one where he is a, uh, Rapping like Edward G. Robinson or Jimmy Cagney <laughs> in a gangster movie. Like, I don't see. I don't know. See? Like, like, it's like, he did a whole song like that. I'm like, damn. That was crazy. I try to I try to block that out of my mind, and I forgot about it until you brought it up. Oh, and yeah. And then I went and listened to it, and I was like, ooh, this is bad. But this is the crazy thing is, you look in the comments, and people say, oh, man, this is creative. This is concept. I'm like, bro, no, oh, it's yeah. not, man. Hold on, I think this is it. Let me see, because it's worth playing. Hold on. Look here, she. Pretty Mike Shank, Two-Face Al, over some gal. Found body dead in the ass. Death by strangulation. Microphone call, the dirty bride. Guess I never play it again, sham. Damn, that was my jam. Now she's on the lamp. She made it out with 200 grand. What a scam. While these two compete on who's the star of the show. Golden legs there, makes off with the doubt. Yeah, he did that like three minutes. So I, was like, I thought maybe he's just like fucking around for the intro. He had like three minutes straight. And you're right, the comments, the first comment, this song is one of the most important songs in hip hop. <laughs> but I understand why people hate on it. Some people will look at a Basquiat painting and laugh at it thinking it's a kid's drawing. But those who know about art will think it's the best painting ever. That is the case with this song. It needs to be turned into a comic book or a short animated film so kids 100 years from now can learn about hip hop past. Thank you, Nas. Oh my God. Yeah. Nas wrote that. Nas <laughs> under a burner account. <laughs> Nas on a burner account wrote that, bro. Cause who in the fuck? 
first of all, you brought up Basquiat. Is that the only artist you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, come on, bro. Can we get en- enough of that, man? But the way people are with Andre 3000's music is just like that. Like, our people are with Basquiat's art. Like, you say, yo, I'm really into, like, art. Like, or really like, oh, Basquiat. Okay, that's the most obvious thing. Like, yeah, that's yeah. These new Andre, the majority of, like, the modern Andre 3000 mainstream fans, I think, are those people. Like, the kind of people who just like the idea of Andre 3000. Like, like... They don't like him for his rap. They like him because they think he transcends rap. Like the aesthetics, of, it's the aesthetics. Yeah, the aesthetics. Like they're like, oh, he's bigger than rap. He, yeah. you know, goes into European runway shows. He's just, just the lifestyle. You know, that's a a whole, and that's the generation. Like that same generation are fans of ASAP Rocky. You know what I mean? Or, or Tyler All the Creator. Or, yeah, Tyler the Creator. Where they're fans of them. It's not about the music. It's them that they like. But because also, of what they the like they about them. Or, what you they like about them is this idea they have increased acceptance among white people compared well, yeah, to most a, other yeah. rappers. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a whole nother thing. And we've seen evidence of that because we've heard those same rappers. What was it? Was it ASAP Rocky talking about he fucking white bitches? Because they asked him about uh, Trayvon Martin or they asked him about Mike Brown. One or the other. I forgot what it was. Oh yeah, it was one of the ASAPs. It might not have been ASAP Rocky. It might have no, been it was it was ASAP Rocky. Rocky. Oh, it was Rocky. No, 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 okay. no, no. It was ASAP Rocky. Oh, it was Rocky. Okay. And they asked him because he he also went on the Breakfast Club to talk about what he said, and the answer for why he said what he said made absolutely no sense. He was oh, that's the worst himself. when they try to clean it up. Man. Yeah, yeah. Bro, I don't know why. Even spoke about it. I've never seen anyone go on the Breakfast Club to clean up anything and come out the better for it. I don't know right. what it is with the Breakfast Club. We talked about it before, but. Everyone thinks they need to go there because they're number one with the black community. But I don't know what it is, if they're just bad at helping people do spin control or whatever. But um, you go on Breakfast Club, you will always come out worse for wear, whether it's uh, Cory Booker went on there, came out oh looking like a clown, Kamala Harris, uh, Charlamagne, not Miss Charlamagne, um, what do you call it? Joe, Joe Biden, Biden yeah. came, came out, ended up looking worse. Like, yeah, it's a weird bunch. I don't know, but... Uh, yeah, the Andre 3000, like, I was seeing people talk about it, and they were saying stuff like, yo, people need to give uh, people who are talking bad about talking about Andre 3000, that's because they don't understand music, they don't have the media literacy. That's this new thing people say now, to call people stupid, to say media literacy. And it doesn't make sense for music. Why are you saying media literacy? But w- whatever. But, like, yeah, they don't have the media literacy. They don't, have, they don't understand, um, you know, um the levels he's on and stuff. I'm like, nigga, you don't listen to flute music. Like, right. if you're someone that likes flute music, I would listen to you. Like, if, if you're someone who fucks with flute music and then Andre the 3000, Andre 3000 comes out. I would say Andre the 3000. I don't know what the fuck that was. Andre 3000 comes out with his flute music and you're like, oh, y'all don't get flute music. But you don't listen to the flute. You just listen to it because it's Andre. If this was just playing somewhere, yeah, you wouldn't even like, and you and you didn't know it was Andre. 3000. You wouldn't know it was him. You'd be like, "What the fuck with these flutes? Man? Get, get these flutes fucking out of here!" Like you're pretending to like flute music. Like if you don't like the music, I don't care how good the person is, you're not gonna suddenly just like it for one one guy. Like especially someone who admitted in his interviews he was just making it up as he goes along. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, there's no way you're gonna tell me that you're. And there's no knock on his flute music. It might be very good flute music. I just think a lot of people pretending to like it. You know, yeah, it's uh, and that's the whole that's the whole uh stand culture. That's stand yeah. culture. 
I mean, it's no different than Beyonce, all of them, all of these artists today. And I think that's partly why there's this big uh, crisis about music not selling anymore. You know, they talk about how these younger artists can't even sell out shows. They can't sell music. But the old artists are doing just great going on tours. You know what I mean? The same tours that Big Daddy came been going on for the last 25 years are still yeah. doing just fine. And it's because we don't, I ain't going to say we, but this generation are not invested in the craft and the music and the, the art itself. They're more invested in the person. So when you get invested in this person, you get older, right? And yeah. eventually you're going to change your mind. You know, you're not going to be a stand for someone forever. So if you if you're a stand, like, for example, uh, Lil Wayne. So I was telling somebody the other day online, they were talking about they can't find they can't name five rappers that are better than Lil Wayne all time. And I was like, really? I said, you know, I usually would just come down on you, but I'm not going to do that. I said, because you know what? I believe you because you were probably in high school when Lil Wayne was popping. They didn't say nothing else <laughs> because it's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. You were in, when you were and I believe this person is from the South, from like Charlotte or something like that. When Lil, Lil Wayne first started popping, you were in high school. It was the, the best thing going. It was Lil Wayne, Soldier Boy. 50 cent, you know what I'm saying? It it was the best thing going. So yeah, I understand you you're not going to be able to get over that. You yeah. know what I mean? But <clears throat> there has to come a point in time because that's we're talking about 22 years ago. You're not in high school anymore, bro. Lil Wayne has not made any good music in 15 years. And the, I've never really bought him as a top 5 rapper. The main reason no. why is because uh, first the subject matter is like way too limited. He's always yeah. just you know, it's about whatever. the same shit all the time. Yeah, yeah, and that's a limitation for me with anybody. Like, like, um, I always thought like I liked the how the clips rap, but when I tried their albums, and it was just like every single thing. How much coke am I weighing? I'm like, okay, yeah, exactly. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear you talk about coke. Because even people like N.W.A. who were like gangster rappers, they rapped about different things. Yeah. Even though they yeah. were kind of, it was on all one album. You got gangster, gangster. You got fuck the police. Yeah. You got, you got um what was the what's the one song? Express yourself. Yeah, like ninety percent of it wasn't positive. Wouldn't wouldn't no. that be like you gotta treat a hoe like a hoe? But it's still technically a different subject than we gotta I mean, shoot the police, the, you know. And at the, the thing end of the about day. it is, and the thing is also when when you when a, somebody that you like makes a mistake, it's no it's nothing wrong with saying, Hey man, that's fucked up. So when oh, yeah. Lil Wayne had the Emmett Till line and they all made excuses for him and tried to make it like it was a hot line, it's like no, it's not. Man, you should not. You should not be that way. You used to be able to critique uh, people you like. Like I remember when uh, Big Daddy King came out with some questionable songs and outfits. People were like, "Yo, it's not. That's not the move. Yeah, it's not read the business, man. Like you know, yeah. what, what are you doing? Um, hold on, but but check this out, Andre Two Thousand. Look at this part from the interview. Like get my mind. Like you have to get in rap mind or rap mode. But then people ask me, "Hey, can you play?" I was like, "Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's play. Let's go." Yeah, let's go. So let's go. Let's let's hear him play. Yeah. I see the guy's face like he's listening to the most incredible thing on earth. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Oh, thank you. I'm just kind of feeling what's happening at the time, so I'm just kind of making it up as it as it goes. Like even the the new album was completely uh, improv and made up. Just a discovery path every time. Like okay, if anybody said I've been playing this for a little while and I make it up as I go along, most people be like, okay, maybe you're not ready for prime time yet. And I'm like, um. This guy's acting like this is amazing. I'm not saying that he can't play. Like, he seems like he's been practicing and he can play. But, you know. I'll tell you this. I listened. Have you heard the album? I heard parts of the album. So I listened to the album, and I, I really believe that he's one of those people that he knows 
that he's not some instrumentalist. So yeah. he went into the studio and got a bunch of people that could help him make it make sense. Yeah. Because if it was just him playing that thing, no, he knows it. He know better. He know yeah, better. but but you know what's funny? I think he's kind of trapped because this is what I think the problem is. He has two types of fans. And he said in the interview, like he misses the days when it was small and they were just outcasts from yeah. um from Georgia, you know, from the A. And yeah. they would have these small backpack shows. And I, I think those were his rapidy rap fans. Yeah. And I think he also got used to this lifestyle of, you know, being um uh, three stacks and flying around mm-hmm. the world and being in movies and, you know, being this guy. So I think he still wants to do rapidly rap stuff. But if he does, if he goes back to that, then a lot of his, uh, you know, post um, uh, Love Below fans and stuff, they're not really going to be digging that. And that's where, like, you know, a book is Because, the, because the Love Below fans are an entirely different fan base. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think his uh, old school fan base that, you know, really likes when he goes in, because I think he's one of the best rappers. Like like when I say he's overrated and underrated, I feel like he's underrated for his genuinely good stuff. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't know about and overrated for his uh, more poppy stuff. And this is not me saying he's bad at all. I want to make that clear. Like, I think he's really is a good, a good, great. I think he's a great rapper. You know, I just, it just frustrates me that his best, verses and raps and music aren't really what he's most famous for you know yeah like kanye has two sets of fans too like i noticed those the black kanye fans are usually like oh the early kanye when he was doing the the, the college albums is the best yeah now he's done some weird shit but then his that's an entirely different fan base yeah his hype beast like (laughs) non-black fan base you know are usually people more like Oh yeah, he was an okay um, regular rapper before, but when he went into his Jesus era and his 808s, that's when he showed he was a genius. I can remember. I remember when College Dropout first came out. There was two versions because there's two versions of through the uh, not through the wire, but um, what's the song with um, when it all falls down? Yeah. When it first came out, the version that I had had Lauren Hill singing on it. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, the original version of All Falls Down has Lauryn Hill singing on it. Because when Kanye was about to come out, bootlegs went out like crazy. There yeah. was bootlegs everywhere. There's extra songs on that bootleg that never made that album. I wish I, st- I had it on CD. I wish I still had it. But this is, we're talking 20, what did your college dropout come out? 2002, 2002, 2003, something like that. So those fans of Kanye back then was different because we remember Kanye producing on the Black Album produced, uh, not Black Album, Blueprint, producing on all these different Rockefeller albums, Benny Siegel, all these different albums. That's where we knew Kanye from. But we also knew Just Blaze. So we was looking at, you know, because at that time in that era, you got Just Blaze, you got Kanye, you got uh, Ski Beats, all these different people that was working with Jay. So to hear this dude was saying he was going to put an album out, we were like, oh, okay, well, what's, what is this supposed to be? And when the bootlegs went out, it was crazy. Yeah. The new fan base, that's the Yeezus fan base. The yeah, Yeezy, all that shit. That's 2010 and up. But but like but like Andre, they like him for how everything in their mind, but music. He, he transcends rap. Yeah, like you know, yes. like, like like he is not willing to be. And I think there's a lot of people fall into that. Like rap that's just rap is inferior somehow. Like like yes. rap that is trying to be something else. That's why like I think um Tyler the Creator is a very good rapper when he just raps. I think he has the potential to be like a really good rapper, but yeah. a lot of times he's always trying to do some Well, he's come around, he's come around full circle now. All of a sudden he wants people to respect hip hop, respect the craft and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's good but, because But also Tyler before, the Creator's getting old. He's getting he's like 31 years old now. 
Oh, you good, can't keep behaving like a fucking kid anymore, acting like a clown, you know? Yeah, but he was trying to do a lot of, like, you know, poppy type of yeah. um, music, wearing a straight hair wig and running around trying to be like a, you know... Do some well, indie. he's going around Europe. He's, like, hanging around weirdos on purpose. Not because they're from Europe, but just a lot of weirdos. Yeah, yeah. He, he was getting off on that, and it was like, okay, what happened to the artists? Because now, because he was another one that was trying to use hip hop as a vehicle to do other things. Other things, yeah. And what I think what a lot of these rappers find out, they all get their nigga wake up call and they realize that at the end of the day, you're just a nigga that rap to a lot of your so called fans. Because we, I've seen artists and athletes, especially athletes, especially athletes, they get DMs and they post them on Twitter. They get DMs from fans who be gambling on their games and shit. And they yeah. say, you know, man, I really like you. You're just a fucking nigger, blah, 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 blah. The artists deal with the same stuff. When these white fans are not interested in your music no more, the first thing they do is start calling you all type of niggas and all types of shit. You know what I'm saying? They wear your culture like a mask or like a, a jumpsuit. And then once they get old enough to not really have to deal with it anymore, now you're just another nigga. Like I've seen that happen so many different times. But it, which is funny because when you listen to like, <laughs> when you listen to the Wu-Tang Clan, you listen to Big Daddy Kane, really, really Wu-Tang Clan, because Kane don't have fans like, uh, it's not the same type of uh, fans yeah. as Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang has a lot of white fans. Yeah. Those white fans don't even realize there's 5% information in these songs. They don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. Oh, no, not at all. You know what I mean? Which is hilarious to me, you know? So it, it's it's interesting how people will use the culture and use hip hop. Like they had the whole, uh, what was that? 50 years of hip hop on CBS last night. And they, I guess one of the main holdouts was MC Hammer. And Hammer was like, it's fake. I don't want to be a part of something that's fake. You know what I mean? Like he don't want to be a part of a corporate thing if it's hip hop, right? Yeah. Which I totally agree. I totally agree that if it's hip hop, it shouldn't be this big corporate thing because everybody but the artists are going to eat from it. The corporations are going to eat, you know? So, and people were kind of wondering why he wasn't there. And he he was like, man, I'm 60 years old. He's like, I'm not about to go on stage and call somebody little, little gun player or whatever. He's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, you got a good point. He's 60. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with his opinion. There's nothing wrong with him not showing up, you know? So the culture is kind of like, it's it's been it's it's like a I hate to say it like this man hip hop culture is like a condom it's like a used condom at this point oh that's rough it's it's unfortunate you know what I mean but that's how hip hop is treated like a used condom everybody just put it on and do whatever they want with it you know what I mean like and there's no accountability for it and then you'll have hip hop artists making excuses like Nas did for Gwyneth Paltrow and all this type of shit which that don't help you know yeah yeah it, I feel like um. People like Andre 3000, they almost know they can't go back to rap because he's not going to, the stuff that... He can never uh, his, capture that again. Yeah, yeah, because the stuff that his, like, rapidly rap fans want, yeah. if he does an album full of that, you know, it'll be very critically acclaimed among them, but it's going to sell very small, you know? Well, you know, the, uh, the thing is... He, well, he, small he, by how much he could sell if he was willing to do another right. Love Below, at least. He does a lot of uh, features, yeah. And sometimes on his features, he's dope on, on yeah, features. Yeah. But yeah, I just yeah, don't know yeah. if he could do that for a whole album because it's almost like um, The Chronic. Chronic, perfect example. Oh, Chronic 2.0. What was it called? A Chronic so 2001, Detox. I think. Detox. Oh, yeah, no, no, Detox. Detox is coming out. We never got Detox. The Chronic yeah. came out in 1991. That was 30 years ago. And we're still waiting for Dre to do another Chronic when really there is no other Chronic. Like that's yeah, just yeah. something he did, that he happened. Did two, he did a 2001, but even yeah. 2001 wasn't really the it chronic. It wasn't the chronic. 
It was his own. It should have been called something else. They need Compton. And and look, this is the thing. Dre is a dope producer. It sounded great. It was a great album. All the music is great. But let's not try to make it like it's the chronic. That's different. That's different. That's like 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 Michael Jackson Thriller. It's just different. Compton was good, but I never felt the urge to replay it the way I did uh, the original chronic and chronic 2001. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's, it's, that's catching. That's catching. That's like catching a a, a comet by the tail. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. So yeah, Andre, I think it'd be hard for him because uh, you know, I think the music that he probably wants to do, he uh, with rap, he knows a lot of his fan base is not gonna want it, and what they actually do want, he probably doesn't want to do. He probably just want to come out in the wig and do another Hey Ya and no, and no. and Happy Valentine. I and I think he knows that. Because that was twenty some years ago, Andre yeah. 2000 has got to be fifty. Yeah, he is. No, no. So it's he can't do that music because that's not the experience he's going through right now. But his rap, but his fans of that of that era of Andre three thousand and 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 uh, Outcast are not going to understand that. They're going to be looking for another Hey Ya. They're going to be looking for another Happy Valentine's Day. They're going to be looking for all of that. But but see, the thing about it is that's why you're not supposed to cater to those fans. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to do what you do. He's probably worried, too, that his original rap fans won't like whatever he's, you know, comes up with. But he's got to realize they're older, too. I was just about to say that. I think they'll still fuck with you. Like, like if if he raps for his old school rap fans, but talks about like you know life lessons and stuff like that, I bet you they'd they'd mature with them. Well, you gotta think about this. I mean, I'm one of the original Outkast fans. I'm 42 years old. I've had experiences in my life too. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I I look at it like you can't be afraid. This is again, this is why I love Kendrick. He don't mind being vulnerable about whatever's going on in his life. Right. He don't he ain't doing another to pimp a butterfly. He's not doing another uh, good kid, Mad City. He can't because that's gone. That's over. So what is he doing now? He's talking about his porn addiction and therapy and all these things that he's been through that's going on in his life right now. So when I look at someone like Jay-Z say he don't have nothing to rap about, you a goddamn lie. You just don't want us to know what you're going through. Yeah, we know you're going through some shit. Right. You ain't never made. I mean, I guess 444 was him updating us on his life and what's been going on, but not really. You um, know what I mean? I saw to me, I listened for the first time to um, I think it was Kingdom Come. The, the one yeah. that was him coming out of retirement. I forgot yeah, what it was. Kingdom Come. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised at that one. Uh, that one, you know, first time I ever uh, heard it, really. Because at the time, yes, Kingdom Come, I was so disgusted that he broke his promise about retirement. I refused to listen to it. <laughs> but I finally listened to it like um, a month or so ago. Yeah. It was interesting. He was talking about some vulnerable stuff. He was talking about um, how he wants to have quality time with his wife, but his wife is blowing up and is successful. And he's kind of like a house husband. And he's got to understand it because when he was her age, he was all about grinding in his career. So he just has to do his best to support her and appreciate the quality time they have. And I feel bad, right? Because he always complained. He always complained that he tried to be vulnerable on um, on Kingdom Come and people didn't like it. So that's why he went back to being more shallow or talking about stuff and he was blaming the fans. And I was always like, you know, that's a cop out. Stop it. Yeah, but then it I listened to the weird. album and I found myself, I caught myself thinking, Oh man, you're a bitch, man. Come on, <laughs> I'm just like, oh damn, he's right. I'm one of those bad people because uh, no, I don't want to hear Jay Z rapping about like he's lonely when his wife is at the studio. 
<laughs> right, right. You know, like I was like, damn, Jay, you're whipped. You and know because what? you know, Jay Z's one of those dudes that raps in riddles. So really, he did. Yeah. He told us about the issue going on with him and Dame Dash. He did. Oh he yeah, about that, the issue that was on the on. album too. On yeah. that album, he talks yep. about the Dame Dash. That was another part of being vulnerable. That yep. so he did try it to his credit. He did try, and he but Jay Z has never been. Uh, uh, Jay-Z has never been a straight arrow rapper. He's never been the yeah. one that'll just say, hey, this is what's going on. This is why I don't do this no more. And yeah. this is why that. He just raps in riddles. He even says something about Cameron on that album. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, see, but it, I, I didn't even catch it because you got to read between the lines, right? You got to read between the yeah. lines. Exactly. Which I guess that makes you a great rapper. It does. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I guess it does. But I think, you know, eventually, eventually there's some things that people want to still want to know. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, there's still a lot of collaborations we still could get from Jay-Z to make a better album, whether it's him and Nas, him and a bunch of different rappers could do songs together on a regular basis and give us what we've been asking for. But, you know, I think, it is what it is. I think some of the problem, though, because to be fair, even though I was appreciating the vulnerability on uh, Kingdom Come. Yeah. There were some songs where he's trying to be relatable, but he's talking about all the money he's making, the yeah. businesses, and get your yeah. weight up. And I'm like, I can't identify with this. this well, it's too, all, it, it, at, with Jay Z, it's always gonna boil down to "Look at me, motherfucker, you ain't shit." Well, well, he was it, trying to be to, to be fair. He was trying to be inspirational in these well, songs, but they were just too yeah. out in the stratosphere. He's yeah, like, you know, yeah. start a business and do this. And I'm like, dude, you got it so was the original. It was the original. Uh, what, did it, what did they call it? Uh, LLC Twitter. LLC. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't think he realizes most people can't do that, especially not now. Like, I think this right. is not that era where you, you know well i mean um, even with 444 i understand what he was trying to say but my problem with it was is that you could have said that 20 years ago you yeah. didn't want to though you didn't want to for the and there's a reason why whatever reason it is that he didn't do it and it's no different than dame dash the way he comes on every podcast that'll listen to him talk and calls everybody uh culture vultures and and talks about how he did it all on his own and and you don't need a boss and you need to stop working for other people and be independent well motherfucker you was popping bottles and and you know of cristal you wasn't saying all of that 20 years ago oh yeah yeah you were and saying also, look yeah. at me with my throwback on you ain't shit because you ain't got one that's what my armor my armor deal stuff yeah yeah oh you know but every time i look at dame dash and all that you gotta be a boss uh uh you think your son looks up to you remember you said that's a dj envy uh, yeah. He goes, you think your son looks up to you? You think your son thinks you're man? He's like, yeah, I know my son thinks you're man. He's like, not when your boss is in the room. You know, and all this stuff. And he got under Envy's skin. And yeah. Envy was talking salty about it for a while. And I think that's let, what It pushed, bothered him. It bothered him. Uh, and I think that's what pushed uh, Envy to uh, do that stupid thing he did with that guy. He was just so desperate to show he was a boss or something. Like, Jay... Like uh, Dame Dash got under his skin, and it's yeah. like I, before the thing got but before the thing with him happened, where he got busted. There's this panel you can find on YouTube where it's like uh entrepreneur seminar, entrepreneur forum, and it's him, Dame Dash, and someone else on a stage talking to a crowd, talking about being your boss, and it's like now um. Envy can be on stage with Dame Dash and talk about being an entrepreneur like him. So he was mad at Dame Dash before I was taking little shots at him or whatever after the interview. But now yeah. the buddy buddy, because now so you could tell that he was only mad because he felt he was right. But I mean, look at it all now. He had a really good job and there's nothing wrong with having a job, you know, like yeah. uh, it's nice if you can get it. 
get your own business, but not everyone can have their own business either because of financial reasons or your temperament. Not everyone's meant to be like a leader like that, run a company. Some people do have leadership in them, but they don't have business sense as far as uh, juggling books. This is something I have a conversation with with kids every day because so many kids want to be entrepreneurs. And I had a conversation with three kids specifically today. One wants to go into digital design. Another one wants to go into, he hasn't figured it out. Another one wants to be a musical engineer. And I told him, I said, well, this is the thing. When you become an entrepreneur, everything sounds good, but are you willing to make the sacrifices? Which means you have to invest all of your time and money. So all of this going to parties, going to college, uh, spending money, fast cars and all that, you got to put that shit on the back burner because you have to invest all of your time and energy into this one thing and Deal with the fact that once you spend all your money, time and energy into this one thing, it still might fail. And you got to pay yourself last. And yes, you don't have a guaranteed paycheck coming in. You don't have, you have guaranteed, no benefits. Yeah. Not benefits. There's a lot of stuff to think about and stuff. Yeah. And and the funny thing, too, with um, Envy and uh, Dame Dash, you look at Dame Dash's troubles now, like, yeah. like um, things aren't really popular for him like they were. You can tell, well, you know, they don't, he looks very plus, stressed. A lot of times, a lot of these people don't tell the whole story. It's like yeah. whenever you get these LLC Twitter people get on TV, get on online and they start talking about Jeff Bezos. Hold on. Jeff Bezos parents gave him $250,000. Oh, yeah. He had a lot of help Amazon. People he was too. allowed yeah. to fail. Yeah. And he you had know? a lot of other people stop helping using, him. Stop he had the kind of education people. where you yeah. could always uh, get a job if the entrepreneurship didn't work out. Right. The a average people, entrepreneur do they do bad for a long time. I have a uh, yeah. this lady who volunteers in my office. She said her husband is a business owner, but he had created four different businesses that failed mm-hmm. before. And this one just and she's in her fifties. This one just got off the ground. She's a registered nurse. You mm-hmm. know these. This one just got off the ground. Luckily, and she said it. Luckily for me, I work uh, I'm, I'm, as a registered RN because we have benefits. Because if yeah. they didn't have benefits, then what? Because if you're an independent business owner and you need benefits, you know how expensive that shit is? And they're not the best benefits at all. Yeah, out of pocket, especially post-Obamacare. Those things are not... Right. <laughs> yeah. We used to be able you know? to buy it private, you know. Um, it was different. But yeah, it's just... It's, Way the whole now. the whole the working man is a sucker idea is bullshit. Yeah, you know it, yeah, you know. and and it's like sometimes people are okay with the downsides. Like for example, when I go back to the Dim Dash example, he seems like for better or worse, this is why he chose, and he'd rather be struggling like this yeah. than working for somebody. Like he just didn't have that temperament. Like that's fine, but you gotta tell people all that stuff when you're advising to be an entrepreneur because some people they don't want to have to spend like a year or two being dusty or right you know having to eat crow or you know whatever jumping from hustle to hustle that's not not what they made for i also think dame dash is not telling the whole truth oh yeah far as how they were in plus they're in a in a niche uh area of hip-hop where luckily for him he had a rapper that was great like you you kind of like i said you need to kind of catch a catch a comment by the tail when it comes to that industry, luckily for him, he came up in the industry at a time when hip hop was for sale. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop is not for sale anymore. That shit's gone. Sold, you know? And, and, uh, you know, what he said to, uh, what Jay-Z said, this is one of the things he said when he was talking about Dame Dash and that kingdom come album, which was a, you know, a good point. He's saying, you think you made me think you made Rockefeller and all that stuff. Fine. You know, that's okay. Then just go out there and do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Do it again. Make another me. Yeah. That's a great point. Like, yeah. Like Jay-Z is a generational, um, talent, you know, whether you like him or not, he's a generational talent. Some people are generational talents. I think Andre 
3,000. Oh, this is another problem I have with the Andre 3,000 uh, fandom. Let, let me say this too, right? Um, the way people act like he was carrying outcast those are the other thing that, that the fake fans say like he's like yeah. so much better than big boy that's another yeah. thing i think is like a disrespectful bit, yeah it's a bit it's a bit much i think people go <laughs> they a little bounce too far. each other out perfectly because at that time i mean at that time when they first came out it was them goody mob yeah it was just different you know what i mean it sounded different if it would if they would have first came out and it was just andre 3000 that they wouldn't he wouldn't have went anywhere yeah you know what I mean? They, they complimented each other right? well. That dungeon yeah. family. Yeah. Uh, there was that one guy from the dungeon family uh, who had that song where uh, everybody on the song outdid him. Um, <laughs> that guy, Cool Breeze, you remember him? No, I don't. Oh, the only thing he had really on that song, I think the hook was his, and it was a really good hook. But it was a dungeon family compilation song, and it was meant to put him on. But um, Outkast, Goody Mob, uh, CeeLo, all of them are on it. And they gave they him just, a little bit too much help. Uh, they they destroyed. Like, he, no one even remembers it. Uh, the guy's called Cool Breeze, and the song is called Watch for the Hook. And freaking CeeLo fucking destroy. Everyone destroys it. And then he comes yeah. last, and it's like, uh, yeah. So, Good luck, uh, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Under, under 2000, that's one of the best under 2000 uh, verses, too. But yeah. uh, Big Gip... Uh, Seal yeah, yeah, so the whole dungeon family. That's a song where I think Andre 2000 goes, Give me the number two pencil because cause he's testing me. Give yeah, me yeah, two pencil song. yeah, yeah, that that one. Um, but you know, Dungeon Family was 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 great, man. They were they oh, were yeah. so deep, yeah, they were. That was great, man. And and you know, it was an era, it was a time, you know what I'm saying, which is great. I mean, but trying to go uh say that um Outcast would have been just as good without big boys, crazy talk. No, I I agree. Uh, we're talking about the YouTube addiction, and this was funny. I have this love-hate relationship with YouTube drama. We're peeping on it, but the reason YouTube drama is so crazy and worse than Twitter stuff is, okay, first the videos are long, but people do reactions to people's whole videos. So they'll play someone's three-hour video and do a reaction to it, which makes it five hours because it's the <laughs> whole three-hour video with two hours of interjections. And I realize now why people interject so much. Remember when I sent you a video and you were like, well, why is this lady talking so much? And I've, oh, yeah. I, I realize why. If you play like on YouTube more than 15 seconds uninterrupted of like any audio, you get busted for um, copyright. And then you have to fight and say fair use. Oh. But if you do like less than eight seconds uh, straight of something, like if you notice a lot of movie clips on YouTube, a lot of times people will put these little micro cuts to get around oh. like you almost can't see them they're very minor but there's little jumps and that tricks the algorithm too but yeah people keep pausing and talking for that reason so that encourages even more interruption or whatever yeah so to keep up with the beef you know they'll have like um got to watch like 12 14 hours of video it's like ridiculous no grief yeah, which 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 I never I never do. I just try to find the last video of the beef and skip through it. I would never make it through a video like that. You know, you can't. You, can't. you have to like find the timestamp and just uh, you gotta look in the comments for someone to give the timestamp. But this was funny. This I thought was funny because I was seeing this in an episode. I don't remember if it was an episode with you or by myself, but I was talking. Um, I think it was with you. We were talking about how these red pill guys they love hoes they love oh, yeah. 304s they love so-called loose women like the like they don't want an actual bona fide uh quote-unquote trad woman 
Like, because no. they're, for all their talk, they're brainwashed by porn, they're brainwashed by Instagram. They like so-called wayward women. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. And they just don't like them. Ha- these same, actually, these, these, yeah. these same people, you know, a perfect example of that. Yeah. These same dudes are always, you know who they love to follow, but talk trash about, but low key like is Adam. Was that Adam 22? Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. This whole situation with like leasing his wife out, letting dudes banger. They, and now online they'll be saying, Oh man, he's a, he's a cuck. He's this, he's that, but they're all following that OnlyFans page. I bet you that. Oh yeah, OnlyFans thing went up, and then when someone leaked the video on on social media, they're all rushing to talk yeah. about it, and yeah. they'll be asking each other, "Yo, anyone got a link to the video?" After for calling him a <laughs> cuck and everything, you know? exactly. <laughs> like these, these same, I think me and you were talking about this. How these same dudes, like those, the Fresh and Fit, and all those shows, will have like some OnlyFans chicks come on there, and the dudes will be in the comments talking crazy about the women. But then they're going to run over there and follow their OnlyFans page. Oh, yeah. And the women who have been in um, Fresh and Fit, a lot of them have said that, that they get a huge uh, boost yeah. in their followership from uh, OnlyFans. So people um, from being on Fresh and Fit. So people being the Fresh and Fit. Uh, Fresh and Fit is Red Pill, Manosphere, um, YouTubers. And they got really big for giving advice, supposedly. And having women on trashing them. But I think they really get their um, props from bashing the women, not right. from the actual uh, advice, because their advice is super basic. And we're going to talk about that today. It's like, you don't need them for this advice. You're not going to get any good advice from them. And the advice you get is all no-brainer shit, like go to the gym, get a job. <laughs> like, okay, go to, the not... gym, go to the gym seven days a week, work out for five hours a day. You're supposed to also work a job for about uh, 85 hours a week. Or start a business. You know, they're always talking about things like it's but either it's stuff that's not that easy. Like it's not that easy to start a business, you know, like like that's the other thing. But the other thing is the stuff that isn't that hard is obvious. Like who doesn't know to be in shape? Who doesn't know to like, you know, have good hygiene? Like 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 you're gonna see in this clip, the stuff they say to defend themselves in this clip, like this caller calls up fresh and fit to and they'll talk about how they're scamming men. And I don't want to give this this caller cook them. But I don't want to give him too much props because he's still a fan of these guys and he he's gave him money along the yeah, way. So yeah, exactly. that kind he of... Just, he just feels like a sucker. That's all. Yeah. I mean, he deserves more props than the rest of his fans who are still yeah. in the cult. Like, at least he finally woke up. But the fact that someone who seems as smart as him ever fell for this in the first place is very curious to me. Well, but. you know, we, you know, that's the second the second stage of it is when you come out of it, you, you, you're having a hard time dealing with the fact that you're, you you were such a simp for these dudes. Oh, yeah. Now you're trying to figure out how to get your dignity back. Yeah, and somebody must have pulled his coattail and dropped some gems on him because he really sees it so clearly now. It makes me yeah. even more confused. How did this guy even fall into it in the first place? But yeah. I'm going to let it play. Check it out. Tell me if you can hear it. So, yeah. I don't really got beef, but I just got, like, some criticism for y'all. Go ahead. At that. So, I've been watching this show since, I want to say, the beginning, since, like, when Kevin Samuels called in. Uh-huh. And you guys blew up afterwards, so. Rest in peace. You know, I've been I've been watching for a while, and I, and I think this show is helpful for average men at, like, the first phase of the red pill, right? So they could get aware of everything and know how women behave. But I think there's, there's a few phases of the red pill that you guys aren't able to actually uh, talk about, right? So people like, let's say, Scott Galloway or Jordan Peterson, they're a little bit better at actually explaining the whole issue, whereas you guys 
only really focus on like the first part where you're just meeting the girl. So here's what I mean by this. I think this show is ultimately exploiting desperate men, right? I think the biggest example of this of this is you guys selling the idea of becoming a high value man, right? So let's say let's say right you reach the age of 35 and you know you work hard and you make $100,000 a year and you slept with 50 women all of that. And it doesn't necessarily mean you get to actually pick, you know, you have to pick up the letter. You get to choose any type of woman you want. Right? Because the, the thing is, most men won't reach that, right? The average man won't become a high value man. Otherwise, they won't be high value anymore. That's the whole reason why it's high value, right? So I think you guys... I think what he's trying to say is if everybody could be that definition, then it wouldn't be high value anymore. It would just become the new normal. I think that's what he's trying to say like like high value is high value because it's hard to to uh reach i think that's what he says would you would you agree because i'm a little I confused absolutely by- would agree um okay so and, and just to just to double back on what he's saying um you know the average american is not making a hundred thousand dollars i think that the percentage is at 34 percent yeah you know what it says in the u.s 18 percent of individual americans and 34 percent of households so households meaning I make 50, you make 50. Mm. You know what I mean? And the average individual, that's 18%, are making $100,000 a year. Now, what he's using is logic. Because also he said, just because you do all these things don't mean you get the pick of the women. Yeah. Which is common damn sense. But the stuff that these type of people are peddling, they're peddling, like you said, go to the gym, you get a job, you're working 90 hours a week, then all of a sudden the next nice chick that walks by, you're, you're, you'll be able to get at her. That's not real life. That's just not real life. You know what I'm saying? But they've been saying that this is the way it works and this is not how it works. It's all bullshit. And it just so happens this young man has figured it out, which I don't know why it took for him to listen to them to figure it out. You just got to go log the fuck out of social media and go live in the real world. It's no different than... I remember you were telling me about that um, person that was a, I think she was a trans man and she committed suicide and she talked about how she thought it would be easier living as a man. Oh yeah. There's a couple of instances like that. There was, there was, there was that woman. It was called, um, her name was Nora Vincent. And she lived in a crazy man. She went to like a, she went to like the insane asylum for a second too to like do research there or something like that. Yeah, yeah. She went to the insane asylum after, and then uh, she ended up committing suicide. A lot of people tried to say that she committed suicide because she tried to live as a man, which there's no proof of that. There's no proof of that. Yeah, yeah. There's no proof of that. Yeah, and one thing I hate is when people have a totally valid um, point, but they overreach with it because she did say in the book and after the book that being a straight man was way harder than being a lesbian and she started developing misogynistic feelings toward women after right now that, that's what i was about to say yeah i wasn't gonna say, i was i definitely wasn't gonna say that's why she committed suicide but her yeah. remarks oh, no, on, I, know, I know you weren't but i know some yeah. people out there probably heard the story on social media and bought into that narrative and i want to make sure yeah. people at home but that's a that's a red pill narrative yeah you know what i'm saying but when she talked about the difficulties of being a man, being a straight man in the world, well, yeah, because I mean, it's pretty much, you know, I'm not going to say it's the hardest in the world, but it's a doggy dog world. And a lot of people don't give men excuses for shit. You know what I'm saying? Most men, most homeless people are men. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, when you're looking at what these dudes are talking about, like they don't even make any sense. They're not making any sense. And what they've done is galvanize a corner of the internet and young dudes and whatever that they're going through in their own personal lives, because these young dudes 
you know, I always say this generation of uh, their, this demographic, what what would you say that the demographic is what, about 20 to 35? Yeah, I'd say so. Maybe even some teenagers. Cause, uh, maybe, a few, maybe a, maybe a few yeah. teenagers. And I work at a high school. I don't know any teenagers that even know who these dudes are. That's that doesn't good. mean that that doesn't mean that teenagers don't know they exist. They just don't know them. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I say that to say there's a generation of young men that has never not had the Internet. So yeah. like I said before, they don't have lived experiences. So one thing goes wrong. And we've talked about this before with uh, other um, content creators where one thing goes wrong and they just quit. So you have these young men out here that have might have a bad situation with a woman or they think they're going to have a bad situation with a woman. It could be a woman that they think, oh, she's out of my league or whatever the hell. And then they find these knuckleheads and then they'll give them scenario after scenario after scenario. They bring on OnlyFans chicks. They bring on porn stars. Like, really? Like, you're not giving me basic information of how to, what I should be doing as a young man. In other words, you're not a mentor. Yeah. You're not a mentor. You're not mentoring me to do anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's not a, what a mentor does. These dudes are just shock jocks. They're no different than Howard Stern and anybody else. They're no different. You know what else um, I think um, happens with a lot of people as as well? I think people don't really like having to be honest with themselves about why they like something, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'll give an example that I've said on this show before, but... um. Like Kim Kardashian, a lot of people hate Kim Kardashian because they say she has no talent. She doesn't do anything. She doesn't sing. Mm -hmm. She doesn't act. She doesn't dance. She's just famous for being famous. And they hate her. They hate Paris Hilton and all these people. But there's a lot of people who are low-key famous for being famous, but they have decoy careers. And I'll give examples like um, those uh, Chloe and Halle girls. Yeah. When they drop an album, the thing sells like nothing. But yeah. people like their tweets them. all day. They like people them. like them. People get hyped when they're gonna do a a movie, but then the movie won't really do that the well. Then we yeah. turn out for the movie, they pirate it or whatever. But if they do a tweet, the tweet will get like a million likes. It'll be they're going viral all the time, but they can't convert that virality into liking their actual art, like the stuff that their internet presence is supposed to be pointing to. Right. And I think what it is is. There's a lot of people like Chloe and Hallie, uh, Jessica Simpson. Like most people, if you ask them, they can't really name a Jessica Simpson song. No, you know, um, they can't really name anything she's she's done really. You know, but they just like her for being her. But yeah. people like a decoy talent or a decoy career because I think deep down, most people, I think now it's changing. We're becoming a stand, becoming so normal. People don't even have a sense of shame about it anymore. Like people are just fine just being like a total dick rider or yeah. a stand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you can be like a nobody. You can just be someone who just uh, posts pictures and people have no problem. But I think traditionally people feel weird about just worshiping somebody for nothing. So I think people want you to have some kind of fake constructive hustle and they can pretend that that's why they like you. But if you, you know, pick the brains, they don't own any of your albums. They don't know any of your lyrics. They don't know any of your songs. They just um, like you. They have your poster and yep. they uh, just like looking at your tweets and your interviews. Yep. And I think there's something similar that happens with this new wave of post Kevin Samuels dudes. Yep. I think a lot of dudes don't want to believe I'm such a loser. I just go online to watch women get yelled at. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and you know, it's funny you said that because I'm not even going to call them incels. Yeah. They're just losers. Yeah. Perfect yeah, example. You, yeah, I feel like incels is an overused word for sure. Yeah, 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 the, you, yeah, the, the word incel is turned in like using the word pimp. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's just blown out of proportion. But Malika Andrews, perfect example. These dudes are losers. Because the, the, there's a cross, there's a cross um uh connection between so many different things with this generation of young dudes, whether it's NBA, this fresh and fit stuff, uh, all of this stuff, video games, all of this stuff crosses each other's paths. And Which a lot dreams. of these dudes, yeah. Like porn, all of this stuff, all of this stuff is just such a, 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 a um, like a smorgasbord of just stuff that they're interested in that they pay attention to a lot. So when the Malika Andrews things was going on, when they were also, you know, fake mad, it was fake outrage. They're mad at her for not talking about Josh Giddy. They don't give a damn about that. They're mad at her because it's Malika Andrews. Yeah. She rep- what she represents. She has what a look. she represents. Right. She has the temperament. She has yes. this this air about her. And I'm not gonna say it's not totally unearned. She does seem like a genuinely annoying person. But there's yeah, a lot yeah, of annoying. Yeah. There's a lot of annoying people. Yeah, but on, they pick her media. out to yeah. make YouTube videos over and over and over and over and over about. You yeah, know what I mean? Now, now, if they she's the kind said, of woman that, that they want that they could tell would not right, want them back. Right. Right. If they would have said. Oh, I don't like Malika Andrews because she talked bad about whatever the other young man's name is. I forgot his name. He's in the NBA Um, because she did the black man wrong and she's not saying anything about this white player. That has that had nothing to do with why they were mad at Malika Andrews. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're mad at Malika Andrews. Why they get mad at a whole lot of women that they feel like, well, they probably know they have no access to. She's attractive. She probably is dating somebody that they don't know who it is. Like, it's just this. She, it's a lot she's of, also like light skinned and exotic looking. Exactly. Exactly. And they so love the, that, it, too. They love that. The things that they love that they can't have, they hate. So a lot of these dudes love hood rats. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They love 304s. They love on, OnlyFans chicks, Instagram models. They love all that shit. Oh, they love they all that porn, porn stars, whatever. Yeah, porn yeah. stars. They, I mean, you got dudes. I, it's funny to me because it'll be dudes on there. It'll be some thread talking about porn. And then some dude will jump in the thread. Oh, yeah, man. Y'all forgot about. And they'll name like 15 porn <laughs> stars. Like, hey, bro, how the fuck? Hey, man, I don't know how you know all these porn stars, man. And then the thread will just go left. And all these dudes talking about porn stars. And it's like, dude, crazy. All right, y'all. So... That is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.